0: And uh, training in our our cultivation, in our work, if you like, it's uh, working on content, mental content. Mental content, first of all, seems to be uh, the incessant thinking that goes on and uh, looking for the right thought, the right idea, this this search. uh, Maybe after a while we've just realised this is just you know, it's sort of getting too too tense, too too obsessive thinking, the feeling of it, whatever the thought is, the feeling of it, it gets too much, you know, uh, and so we start to shift to what's the emotional content, uh, oppressed, uh, uh, agitated, um, <clears throat> restless, uh, frustrated, you know, uh-huh. And we're getting closer to what really is um, uh, significant. This quality of em- emotional content, or emotive content, it's that which moves us. Because <coughs> in this we recognise what's called karma, which is the engagement with particular uh, qualities of, 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 of emotion. And karma is not... Destiny, it means that moment when we decisively engage with uh, a mood or emotional impression. And you get impulse. Impulse ignites. It could be good, it could be bad. Yeah. You get a certain mood or impression, something strikes you, oh yeah, and then you engage with it. This is where. You get the ignition, ignition point of karma. Something the mind then acts, follows that. And, and if that's as far as it goes, we get a, a, a mental result. It takes us along to another uh, place, uh, emotional place. Mm-hmm. So you get a feeling of something strikes the mind that's irritating. We get, we get feel angry or annoyed. That mind moves in that direction. It probably moves in a direction where it finds other things they feel annoyed by. Or we fight with it and try to stop it. But we've made, there's been a decisive engagement with fear. Or negative impulses, because actually the unfortunate thing is the negative impulses are much more compelling uh, the positive ones. Positive ones is fundamentally that sense of, oh wow, greed, you know, get that. Um, and the nature of our life force is it's very much attuned to more to threat than gratification. Because with gratification, well, you could get that another day, so you could hang back on that one. But With threat, you realize you might not live another day, <laughs> so you better act now. So they're much more attuned to that which threatens us to get the immediate. That's life and death. Gratification is pleasure, but threat is life and death, right? So you get that. So the negative impulses have much more of a bite to them than the positive ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then that, then one engages. There's an engagement with that. It's very compelling to engage with it. Yeah. And it takes you along that particular track. This is called karma, and based upon that, one will speak, act, plan in line with that. So the whole track of mind gets created; these tracks get created. These tracks are called sankharas, the track, the tracks. As soon as you get a particular track that runs down the fear track, or the hostility track, or this, you know, the dismissive track, or whatever, you create these tracks. And these tracks get established to the point when one's mind runs down them, uh, more or less habitually. And so habitually that eventually you build your house beside that track. Because, you know, you're to run down it sooner or later, so why not just get camped by it? <laughs> 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 uh, this is called karma. Karma. <laughs> the residues stay there. <laughs> the heart is kind of encrusted with it. <clears throat> so this impulse, energy, that you call cittana, often it's translated as "intention, but intention makes it seem much too deliberate. It's the word that's often used. Sometimes it is a deliberate. Yeah, I really want to do that. Sometimes it's just a, an impulse that you, you do engage with. So there's a degree of choice. And the choice may be minimal. But there is a degree of choice. You could actually just wait. So that's the point of karma. It's not that it is predestined, in fact it's exactly the opposite. It means we do have some choice. Even though the choice may be quite minimal. The choice, perhaps the first choice is you could just wait ten seconds. <laughs> and it's amazing that, you know, people who haven't waited 10 seconds are in jail for <laughs> 10 years. <laughs> no, 10 seconds isn't that long. But when an impulse hits, you know, and that track opens, you cru- you, sh- you go cruising down it, you know, and then, oh no, what did I just say? Oh God, it's going to take at least five years to repair the damage of what I just said to that person. No, no, you know. And I just, uh... <coughs> so, in cultivation, we just say, Let's just check, hold it back. Mm. This is an important aspect. Certainly, in retreat, we're trying to cultivate that uh, restraining, uh, not repressive, but just check. Feel where well, this one is really, really worth following. Yeah. And you do have a choice. Now you may, well, may have so many strong habits of disappointment, of feeling inadequate. Some of these are not necessarily so strongly marked as deep hatred, so much as just a sense of not feeling very good about yourself. And one easily slots into that sense of a mild degree of, of aversion to oneself. Like, you don't really, you know, you don't really fit, you're not much good, you can't do this, let's face it, you know, you get one of these qualities comes up, you know that track so well, you go down it again. You know? And it's really sad. It's really sad. You know, you get the, the food fantasies, and the gratification fantasies, you know, perhaps less less poisonous as the, as the, aversion, self-aversion, self-critical qualities that arise, which do you no good whatsoever. Just get habitual. What are you do about that? You know, when is it going to stop? <coughs> and what a really useful... Um, mm, a couple of very useful things to to keep bearing in mind and practicing is that everything, where there's any kind of decisive engagement with your mind, there'll be an effect in your body. You feel you you know something lifts or shifts or shudders or you know, all karma is registered in the body. You know, I don't see the nervous energies. Yeah. So you feel that sense of sinking. You feel the wheels rolling and if you you, rev, you can feel your energy rolling along a particular track and you can feel it in your body, you know. Getting to a bad thought and then the head goes over and you something. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously shuts down like into that... You know, something like that... One. Revved up. And so you get this rising passion. Or sinking of despair, or the stirring of agitation and restlessness, mm-hmm. bodily effects. And this is the, the this is not. This is, of course, rather unpleasant. So, by and large, we don't want to be with it. But you know, in practice, we're saying, well, yeah, that's the first piece. Second piece is the body itself. Doesn't think. It doesn't it just feels things, it doesn't have a story, it doesn't have a history, it just feels things. So there's a possibility, if you can actually feel it in your body, instead of thinking about it, worrying about it, labelling yourself as being it, there's a chance whereby that feeling could possibly not be proliferated around, it could just be felt. Hmm. so the you know the sense of dis- feeling depressed could be felt as a sagging impression you don't have to add any story to it so you're doing, what you're doing is you're cutting off the creation of fresh karma because you're not acting upon it you're not thinking about it you're not making more of it you know the track is still there but now it's a rut rather than a direction second aspect that you can practice with your body is it's it's a, a, a very simple but it's amazing how uh we don't really acknowledge it is there any particular <clears throat> what i'm calling these karmic effects the effects are called vipaka old karma, which means you've got a rut there and that rut if it's still there it's pretty like having like having a a rut in the ground next time it rains water's going to collect in that rut and you get you're going to get a new track right so if the rut is still there sooner or later it's going to get some fresh energy running down and you're going to get another track carved. so ideally you want to clear out the ruts as well so in other words the rain doesn't have anywhere to to fall right Now, if we feel, say, this uh, uh, particular tension or quality in the body, the training is to try to just lift off the topic and even off what you want to do about it and all that agitation. Just try to widen your awareness to include your entire body. And it's right down to the soles of your feet, the back. Shoulders, top of the head, and you can widen your attention span not to skip from one to the other but to hold the whole body, the entirety of the body, in one span. Because if you do that, (laughs) what's happening is you've taken the rut out. Because instead of you'll feel that any particular karmic effect is local. Generally it's going to be held either in your head or your throat or your chest or your belly or maybe it move around between those. It's not going to be in your in your calves of your legs. I don't feel anybody gets depressed in their legs. (laughs) My feet are the healthiest part of me. They're way away from the danger zone, which is all up in this visceral area. My feet are never depressed. (laughs) there's quite a lot of me that's not depressed but when i get into the depression bit my attention goes right into that and start digging the rut deeper and i start to think why am i depressed i get the shovel out and dig a bit deeper and i think about how i've always been depressed and i get the shovel out and i dig a bit deeper then I think about nobody's as depressed, as depressed as me. And I get the shovel out and dig it dig <laughs> deep And I definitely should be depressed after all these years and dig it a bit deeper. Then I start to get frantic. I've got to stop being depressed. And I get the shovel out and I work even harder at it. So you stay in the rut. <laughs> digging deeper and deeper. And the main thing is stop Get out of the rut, you know. <laughs> There's no, no way out of that rut by staying in it. It's so obvious, isn't it? How do you get out of it? Actually, quite a lot of you isn't in it, you know? Your knees aren't depressed. They may be hurting, but they're not depressed. The wrists are okay. Okay. Open the hands, hands are okay. Hands are nice and soft gentle. They're not. Now, he could be gnarled up and tight and angry, but instead of dealing with anger, you just dealt with your fingers. Ooh. Draining. That intense passion is draining. Wow. Energy rushing, running down my belly, skin. Oh. Oh. Mm-hmm. There's this somatic release. <clears throat> I want to say a, a part of your body I don't just mean that it's like an anatomical part, which it could be. It could be most, most of them are around this the torso. Sometimes it's in, up in the temples, around the eyes. You get a lot of constriction up here. So uh, consider the body as a series of textures. <clears throat> so, we can say if we contemplate our experience of body, it's in terms of particular textures called elements. So, it's earth element, which is the sense of a degree of solidity. Now, that could be anything from rock solid rigid to something like warm porridge, you know, it's sort of fairly gelatinous. In other words, it, it's that which is able to receive an impression and resist it you know so something hits it mm. just like you know, even porridge will resist the spoon if you drop it on it depending on how cold or thick it is of course this is earth element It occupy space another property another texture another element that we're all aware of is the heat element we get heated up body warms up sometimes it gets cold lukewarm, hot, and it's a variety of heat textures, warm textures. This also includes the quality of light, where things feel subtly radiant, or dull, or foggy. So it could be the absence of, or the presence of. Another property is called the air element, which is that which actually pushes. Clearly it's the breath which pushes pushes the earth for the body to open up, is not it? When you breathe in the air pushes the body open and then the earth closes around it and squeezes the air out it's a very common experience we all have the air element uh, and this can also extend down your limbs uh, A you sense of energy moving down it's the movement quality and there's another element which is rather more uh, subtle called the water element which is the way that everything resonates with everything else. So if you feel a pain in your finger, your whole body feels oh pain, even though it's only in your finger. The resonance of feeling shimmers across the entire form, the entire embodiment. Just like if you drop a leaf on a lake, the entire lake shivers. Water and a cohesive. So we might find that, in fact, that as we're contemplating bodies, ooh, a lot of heat here. So this heat is imbalanced. So where can I find a place where I can sense it's cooler? Ah, oh, it feels more balanced. I feel really rigid here. Where can I, can I widen my attention to find a place that's a little bit softer? That feels more balanced. Yeah or if it's just completely too soft, where's the place where I feel a bit firmer? Oh, yeah, that's more balance. And you find there's a natural... I can't tell you what balance is, but you know what it is, because there your mind feels, oh, this is about, okay, I feel in harmony. The mind is a natural facility for harmony, a natural facility for balance. When you know, when you get it, what happens is there's no stress. You think that's right. This is just fine. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the way we are. That's the way it is. It's nat- natural. Mm-hmm. Too much push. You just you know, Too pushy, too much air, too much push, too much push, too much on, 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 on. There is a place where it's a bit more still. It could be down my back. A very helpful feature of the body is the back because it's less volatile. Mm. Uh, Water element. Mm, Rare because by and large. When there's these karmic impressions, the body feels very really much. It doesn't feel very cohesive. It feels like bits and pieces stuck together. And generally, the head separates from the rest of the body, energetically speaking. Anyway, and As your body's walking along as the head goes. Oh, sometimes, 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 sometimes. Occasionally checks in with the body. That's still there, but then it goes off. Very common for the head energetically to separate from the body. Often the hands leave the body. Um, bits and pieces all over the place, really. <laughs> so that's why we're doing some Qigong to try to get the body to come into some sense of being a you know, a complete unit. But again, it's a natural feature and, and what we try to do to encourage this is to develop this sense that the whole body as a single entity from the what you can sense the soles of your feet the tickling tingly quality one end and then the crown of the head as high up as you can go before you feel that's the end of it you try to stretch your span between that those two and then the back and the front so you widen it and lateral the whole form within this form within this frame there are various kinds of different textures and energies that are moving around don't get involved with any of them hold the frame and they will begin to settle themselves if you hold the frame and keep sweeping through with a quality of benevolent easeful intent this whole body experience now this is not the normal way we use our attention, um, because uh, primarily we're visual people. Humans are generally visual, particularly in the, when we use a lot of symbols, letters and figures. Your attention is going to go down to pinpoint. Pinpoint attention is optimal. For sense of clarity to get the pinpoint Um, and so literate people their attention is like the tip of a bird's beak pecks it pecks along a line of, of squiggles because when you peck the first squiggle like here you've got now well the first letter N that doesn't tell you much Ooh. oh no so you've only got to get to the end of the word before it starts to make sense so you scurry to get to the end of the word it's still not the whole story you want to get to the end of the sentence so the pecking mind always has to travel fast to get to the end of the sentence right? even then you want to get to the end of the page <laughs> and then maybe turn over so, so the, that kind of attention is used to pecking and scrambling you get the whole picture only when you got to the end of the page or the end of the book. So the idea is to scan through. So your attention does this. Now you feel the energy of that. The tip of a bird's beak. Now we talk about qualities such as immeasurable, exalted, abundant. <laughs> that doesn't fit into a bird's beak it's too big you've got an attention that's pretty wide you know like the mouth of a whale <laughs> could probably take that degree yeah? because the energy you see the energy of that intention that's pecking and scrambling is a, is a very high pulse isn't it? to do that it's a high pulse of energy that high pulse of energy can only carry short-term fragments of of intentionality and the fundamental intention is to get to the end of the line so there's no quality tonal quality is minimal because that kind of degree of attention doesn't carry tonality to it Doesn't it? You know, to get the tone, you have to linger for the feeling to arise. Right? Now, if your attention is very fast, you can't get the feeling. The feeling doesn't have time to rise up, it's moving a different pulse. Right? You may not understand this, but just consider that. Scattering along, there's no room, no time for the feeling quality to arise. So the tonality is absent. And this is the the dominant mode of attention tonally neutral, impatient, high impulse, incomplete till you get to the end of the book. and uh, as we probably recognise the speed goes up you know like I remember like 150 years ago people would sit down in the evening and re- you know work through a chapter of a 600 page novel and read it slowly now I've got my phone I go hey I've been with this 40 seconds already oh, Time, to get on with the next thing <laughs> Faster. The announcements. So you go to an airport. How many bags are you checking in today, sir? Excuse me, what? How many bags are you checking in today? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, speak it in English? Because <laughs> <laughs> they just wrap this thing out very fast. Got, uh, how many bags am I checking in today? Is that what you mean? <laughs> <laughs> So, like, I already feel frightened. <laughs> I feel I've done something wrong, you know. Somebody shooting me with buckshot. I'm like, hello, human, anybody in there? No, there's nobody in there. On <laughs> that, that immediate felt sense, we're not in touch with each other. You know, it's not her job to be in touch with me. Her job is to read the words on the car and get the next passenger in. So, who, who's this? I don't know, she, and I feel funny. I feel left, I feel there's a human body there, I'm not getting any, any human quality, I feel a bit strange, so okay, yes, all right, thank you very much, thank you very much, sir. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow, I feel really touched by that,
1: <laughs> have a good day. <laughs>
0: you know, you, they say the words, but where's the tone? Have a nice day, all right, bye. Thank you. Well, real, <laughs> I really feel welcomed by that. <laughs> you know, so I don't know. I don't know. So I feel kind of estranged. And then you live in often in these situations with a whole bunch of people just doing that to you. Back to it. And so there's a sense of like a fear because there's nobody here. You know, I don't know where I am, I'm not in a relationship I don't so even there's actually no threat because the heart is abandoned the natural, what should be a natural sense of, of empathy between people is abandoned I feel some sense of disor- dis- discord I don't feel comfortable I don't feel met I don't need a whole load of advice. I just needed somebody to say, oh, you know, like 10 seconds would <laughs> be <laughs> It's that widening of attention, lengthening of attention. So in meditation, this is what we're training ourselves to do, to lengthen your attention back. Uh, now, if we consider the, the standard in the time of the Buddha, This teaching arose from people who lived in a forest. No signs, no words, no figures, no symbols. A little bit of writing went on for things like business transactions. Mostly, living in a forest, you can't do bird pecking attention. You've got to do overall attention because what's that smell? Is that a tiger? What's that sound? Is that an elephant? What's that movement? Is that a snake? You've got to have a very wide span to pick up the whole field of what's around you. Otherwise, you could be in serious trouble. You've got to be aware of where your feet are. You've got to be aware of the, the odours, the sights. You've got to have an overall scan of all the senses without absorbing into any of them. You get focused on the butterfly's wings and you don't notice the leopard creeping up behind you. <laughs> so you don't do pinpoint attention. You do overall wide attention. But it's not that you're not attentive. You're very attentive. You're Extremely attentive, but not embedded in anything. And that's the norm. Yeah? That's the norm. that's the the normal standard the tension doesn't scurry on because if it does, you could miss a very important piece it doesn't scurry at all, it stays still and open and steady so you're really getting the feel and you have to feel because there's no symbols there's no symbols, there's no little sign saying Beware, tiger lives here. <laughs> <laughs> that you can, so you have to be aware and get the feeling from the from direct access to the meanings of odor. That reminds me of feels. Hmm. That's strange. That looks agreeable. See the whole quality of what mind is in the Buddhist. Scriptures is that system that mediates felt imp- the, f- the sense bases and translates them into felt impressions that are sensed and understood. Felt impressions, felt impressions, the impressions that carry tonality, right? They carry tonalities of seem strange unnaturally quiet around here what's going on you know, i sense there's some energy over here i feel there's some movement over here picks up sensory impressions or even the movement of sensory impressions that's a very busy rustling it must be something's running through here yeah. not just the data but the way the data move that steady repeated sound means that something's stalking yeah. Yeah. Or the, the wind is blowing, it means a storm's coming. I understand the movement of the leaves, that sound. So it's able to certainly receive sense contact impressions, but not get mesmerized with them, but translate the meaning, not just of the, the impression, but how the impression occurs. That's a strange thing to be happening in a forest, that unnatural silence. Sounds like everything's frightened. There's a predator around. It's gone very quiet. So it's able, and this is what we call mind, or spirit, or citta. That which receives sense data translates into felt meanings. And that felt meaning lands on the heart and the heart responds. Go quietly. Be careful. Stand still. Take your time better run, whatever, that's what it's doing, so it's it's very much a feeling impression, and that occurs because the attention is not absorbed in anything, that's that's the norm, that's the basis, (laughs) this is rather unusual for us, I imagine, because we've got bird pecking attention, but that wide retention allows an impression to linger long enough to get the feeling. Long enough to not only just get the feeling, but to contemplate the feeling and to let the feeling be felt, translated, and give rise to a skillful impulse, an like appropriate impulse. Hmm. Hmm. Appropriate impulse. This is why the checking of impulse, the widening of attention, the disengagement, doesn't mean the complete denial of, but the disengagement of compulsive activity. Step back, check it out. These are foundational uh, moves for our Dhamma work, our Dhamma practice. This is the work. This is most of the work. Is this? Because the understanding is, you're not that stupid, you know. If you don't stupefy yourself, you're not stupid. <laughs> you just, you know, the, the, the we've got the same kind of basic setup as the Buddha did. But we're, not, we're not using it in the same way. If you use it in the same way, it's going to begin to operate in the same way. So if we check our impulses, length widen our attention, listen deeply. The nature of jitter is it seeks harmony, it seeks, it doesn't want to suffer. It seeks harmony, it seeks clarity, it seeks peace. This, this is where the stress the wavering, the agitation, the discord stops. That's right. That's it. And it's this, this is the process. And in that process, we're no longer digging ditches. We're no longer, uh, we're no longer running down these compulsive tracks. And the ditches we have created, or have been created for us, are no longer getting shoveled away at. And gradually the earth expands and the ditch begins to unfold. Rather like the crease in a garment. If you stretch the garment out, the crease begins to disappear. You don't have to go into a crease and start cutting it. (laughs) And agitating with it. You just unfold the cloth and the crease disappears. This is the way you clear old karma. If you clear the old karma... Fresh impulses don't have that track to run down. So you don't keep digging the same thing. So old karma is then finished. The track of new karma, fresh karma, we can decide because now we're on level playing field, we're on level ground. We can then decide what do I want, really want to bring forth in the situation. Okay. Then you can run it out, of course, the Buddha, in many many ways, did a lot of action, a lot of determined intentions, engaged a lot of time in the ways in which he picked up karma. But because his mind was constantly kept flat and open, he dug no ditches. so the action was allowed to complete, no residue, because the mind was always. Wide open, and spread. Therefore, all the actions he did, which he did considerable amount of, just flowed through that and dissolved, just like writing in water. You know, if you write, put your finger in water. As soon as you take your finger out, the water levels out. That's the Buddha's mind. <laughs> so you're able to write quite a lot and still no no residues. Uh, this is the this is the optimum that we're we are uh, aspiring to bearing in mind recognising it's a possibility we've all got the same equipment so our work widening attention checking impulse I've mentioned these three bases attention intentional impulse contact something strikes this is the moment this is the moment Something strikes, this is the moment when you can go down, you can jump, or you could pause. Of course, the most significant impressions are not sights and sounds, but thoughts and emotions. When one of those strikes, because they they strike places where you already have quite deep channels, emotions and thoughts. So this is where we need to really really take care really take care to so certainly not deliberately go into all kinds of difficult toxic disturbed old grudges old obsessions old preoccupations we're taking a break from it plenty of time to get obsessed no problems <laughs> always available <laughs> <laughs> next work project is always going to be available. You don't need to think about it now because it's ready to run at any time. Um, so just check the work project, check the plan, collect the schedule, check the thing you've got to do. Check it, you know, can you check it for like 10 seconds? Just to feel what energy is doing, where it's going. Yeah. And of course, the most obsessive ditch is called I am. I am, this is me, I'm this, I'm that. That's the one that all the habits run into. I am this, I should be that, I could be this, I want to be this, I'm never that, I was this, I, well, well, I'm want. not that, I never got this, I should be that, I'm just like this. Wow, that's a big ditch. <laughs> and we say, well, feel it. Why me, wind me. Because this is such a large ditch, this one, such a large trough, this I am one, you just take a little bit at a time because there are many, many I am's. You just take a little bit. The first one, I can't. How's that feel? And you say you can't, can you linger with that for a moment? Rather than, oh, no, no, no. How's that feel in your body? vibrant, agitated, trembly. Take a breath. You don't have to find an answer, you just have to feel it more lengthily. Wide and include the back, your seat, your feet. Take a breath. Drop your shoulders. Relax your fingers release around your eyes, how is that? You don't solve the question, you solve the energy and then the question loses its power, you don't solve <coughs> the obsession, you don't solve the habitual emotion, you resolve the energy the then the emotion loses its power, when the emotion loses its power Okay. Heard it, enough. <laughs> of course, we have to do this quite repeatedly. Some ditches are pretty deep. And we'll certainly consider this, I hope, more fully and deeply. But whenever there is that level patch, that place where it does feel more level and balanced, why not linger in that? Feel the quality of that, of an open texture, of a level field, of a decent quality of comfortable texture of being, where it's not rigid and broken and granular or swampy, it just feels nice and steady. Why not linger in that, enjoy it, enjoy it, enjoy it, when you enjoy it, may I be well, may all beings be well, may this spread, isn't that natural? Don't you feel gladdened by that? And the beings who suffer, wouldn't you like to just offer it? Mm -hmm. Isn't that natural? Then you feel the sense that this is abundant. This is abundance. Mm. And the heart can seem so cramped so pushed into a corner, so stressful and confused can suddenly appear to be a magnificence and abundance through this measureless goodwill. But to do this we have to work, you know, attention, impulse, contact. When the contact touches you, remember, sight, sound, yeah... The most poignant contact is the contact of your own emotion, your own memory. These are the bits you hadn't been able to release yet, so they've got the strong impact. Is it possible when those contact depressions arise, that so you don't have to deal with this in the way you think. You don't have to find out who was right and who's wrong. You don't have to make a self out of it, like what you you, you were or how you never did enough? You don't have to do that. In fact, they will, will keep digging your ditch. You don't have to try and stop it and shut it up. That's not going to do it either. Try to feel the impression any in anywhere in your body, either anatomical location, or whether you feel, instead of feeling firm, you feel jittery and broken. Instead of feeling warm, you feel heated or cold. Instead of feeling steady, you feel wobbly, and woozy, uh, and see if you can find the texture where you start to feel more balanced. And this is going to come through your body, whole body, sweeping through the whole body, you find this level quality, and that's the quality that encourages these uh, deeply stressful and, uh, quali- uh, energies to drain to find their way out. They cannot release unless there's somewhere for them to go. You can't can them. <laughs> <laughs> They've got to get out. <laughs> and you've got to find a, pl- a place where they can run out. And that's going to be through this this embodied form. Yeah. So let's take some time for practice. Yeah.